I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter two. Genesis chapter two, we'll get there in just a second. Three weeks away from starting our summer preaching series, bringing in some of the top preachers from around the country that you're gonna get to hear. Um, But today we're starting a three-week series uh, that we're calling Spiritual Disciplines. Now, what in the world is a spiritual discipline? Doesn't sound like fun, uh, a discipline, but it can be. It's meant to be for our joy. So let me tell you real quick, let me give you a quick definition of what a spiritual discipline is. Here's the definition of it. It's the practices and the activities that are found in the scripture that promote spiritual growth among believers. All right, very simply put, spiritual disciplines are the things that you do that help you grow in your walk with Jesus. Very simple. Now there's some debate out there about what the comprehensive list of what all the spiritual disciplines are, but there are a few that everybody agrees on. Five of them, I'll tell you real quick. One is prayer. Something you do to help you grow in the Lord. Fasting is uh, another spiritual discipline. Bible study, um, Sabbath that we're gonna talk about today actually, and evangelism. Those are just some simple things the Bible tells us to do to help us grow spiritually in our walk with Jesus. Now look, there are several verses we could look at and study to give a biblical foundation for why we're supposed to do these things and have the discipline to do them. I'll just give you one. Don't turn there real quick. It's 1 Timothy 4, 7. Paul's talking and he says this. He says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths, but rather train yourself for godliness, all right? And so the day that you got saved, the day you trusted in Christ, you became a Christian, unfortunately, in that moment, we don't just automatically become fully mature believers, It takes growth, it takes a lifetime of growth. And so the scripture says that we're supposed to train ourselves, we're not gonna stagnate, we're gonna train ourselves for godliness. Now, check this out. I've never paid much attention to that word yourself before, but look at it. Paul says, train yourself in godliness. I think we get really dependent on pastors. I think we get really dependent on the folks we listen to on a podcast, we get dependent on our Bible study leaders. But the scripture's clear that if you wanna grow spiritually, one of the things you need to be doing is training yourself in godliness. And one of the primary ways that we do that is through spiritual disciplines. And so over the next three weeks, that's what we're gonna talk about. I picked three that we're gonna talk about in two weeks from today. Um, I'm gonna teach on Bible study, very simple. I have a Bible study method that I've used for about a decade now, it's called REAP. And it's just a really simple but excellent way to study the Bible. Whether you have three hours or 30 minutes or 15 minutes, it's an excellent way to study through the Bible. I'm gonna teach you how I do that in two weeks. Next week, I'm actually preaching at the Southern Baptist Convention. That ought to be a hoot. Um, And so Dr. Autry is gonna be teaching on evangelism. He's one of the best evangelists we know. So I asked him to come and teach us how do you help lead someone to Christ? You don't wanna miss that next week. Now today, I'm gonna talk about a spiritual discipline that I would bet the majority of us that are believers in this room do not practice regularly. And that is the spiritual discipline of Sabbath. Now, when I say the word Sabbath, here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you having a day in your week 
that you intentionally set aside for the purpose of spiritual and physical renewal. It's a day in your week that you set aside for the singular purpose of physical and spiritual renewal. Now, what I've noticed is that in my time as a pastor, when it comes to practicing the spiritual discipline of Sabbath, the majority of us fall into one of two categories. First category are people, even though they're Christians, they don't take Sabbath at all. These are people that, that uh, they don't take a day off, you don't rest from your work, and you're in this constant state of achieving and striving. There's some of you here that are believers, and you've read the Bible, but you're just ignoring it, and you're in that category. Now, there's another category, still a Christian, and you're people that do take days off, but you're not doing it in the way that God intended for you to do it, okay? And so, um, because as believers, most of us fall into those two categories, the majority of us are not walking in the God-designed rhythm that he created for us to walk in. And because of that, we're missing a huge blessing in our lives, and we're gonna talk about that. So let's jump in. Let's talk about the idea of Sabbath, okay? From the very beginning of the world, when God created man, put him in the Garden of Eden, then for thousands and thousands of years, up until really about 100 or so years ago, there was a rhythm of daily life for humans. It was the way from starting from creation for thousands of years until about 100 or so years ago, there was a daily rhythm of life. Here's how it worked. Usually got up a little bit before the sun came up, had breakfast with your family, and then you went to work. And then you worked till the sun went down. You came home, you had dinner with your family. Maybe you sat around the fire, read a book, and you went to bed, and you did that for six days. And then the seventh day would come, Sunday would come around, you'd stop working. The store would actually shut down. You'd go to church, you'd come home from church, you'd eat lunch with your family, maybe you sat on the front porch and connected with them. But the idea is that you had a whole day, a 24 hour period that was set aside for the purpose of resting and worshiping and connecting with God and with the people that you love. And then when Monday came around, you woke up, you were refreshed, you, you were renewed, and you're ready to tackle the next week. And for centuries and centuries, that was the rhythm of human life. And guess what? That's exactly how God designed it and intended it to be. And everything was great until there was this little invention, this thing that was invented called electricity, right? And then when that was invented, I don't know exactly when that was, but that's not too long ago, everything changed. Everything changed. All of a sudden, our days and our nights started blurring together. Because of electricity, there became televisions, and then there uh, became computers, and then there became iPhones. Because of that, we stayed up later, we worked longer. Our lives, again, our days and nights got blurred together. And while those things have added a ton of value into our lives, I am convinced that they have completely destroyed this God-intended rhythm that he placed in the scripture. Right? We have 24 hours a day, seven days a week, access to our work and access to busyness. And I think it's destroying that rhythm. And because we're not walking in the God-intended rhythm, it's destroying our bodies 
I think it's numbing our souls to God. And that was never God's intention. That was never his intention. Because from the very beginning of the world, God created and then he modeled this rhythm, this life rhythm that he wanted us to walk in and it's called Sabbath. And so let's read this together, Genesis 2.1. It says, thus the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. By the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. And so the scripture says that when God was creating the world, that for six days he worked. For six days he worked creating the world. And on the seventh day, he rested from his work. Now here's a question for you, Sagebond. Why did God do that? Why? Why did he work for six days and then on the seventh day he rested from his work? Was God tired? Was he tired? No, he wasn't tired. Um, did, you know, did, did God get to the place where he worked for six days and at the end of it say, whew, well, that was tough, I need a break. No, we know that, don't turn there because Isaiah 40, 28 says, do you not know, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not become weary or tired? Seems pretty straightforward, right? God doesn't get tired, he doesn't grow weary. And so if God never gets tired, What's happening on the seventh day? What's going on here? Why did he create it? Why on the first six days of creation does he work? But then on the seventh day, the scripture says he rests from his work. In other words, he stopped working. Why? What's going on? Here's what's going on. On the seventh day, he stopped working and then God does something completely different with his time. He does something completely different on the seventh day. Let's read what he does. Genesis 2.2. By the seventh day, God completed his work, which he'd done. He rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he'd done. And here's verse three. It says what he did on the seventh day. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it, he rested from all his work, which he had created and made. Now, everybody listen to me really carefully here. So after working for six days, on the seventh day, God steps away from his work. And listen, he made the seventh day a day of blessing and a day of sanctification, all right? The seventh day is meant to be a day of blessing and a day of sanctification. And when he did that, he instituted what he would call the Sabbath. Now, the Sabbath is a Hebrew word that means intermission, intermission. It's a rhythm of life that God created and God modeled where you and I work for six days and then we have an intermission. We work for six days, and then we have a day of rest that God designed and intended to be a day for your blessing and a day for your spiritual sanctification, okay? So to answer the question, why did God create the Sabbath? If he, why, did he, why did he cease from his work if God doesn't get tired? Here's the answer. God created the Sabbath because not because he was physically and spiritually tired, but God created the Sabbath because he knew you would be. God did not create this day of blessing and sanctification because he was gonna get weary and worn out, but he created this day of blessing and sanctification because he knew you and I would be spiritually, physically, emotionally weary 
and worn out. And so he created this day and then he commands us to follow it, to observe it. Look at Exodus 20, verse eight. This is God speaking. And this is when it transitions. He starts telling us to do this, commanding us to do this. God says, remember the Sabbath day and you keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord, your God, and in it you shall not do any work. God said, I want you to have a day in your week where you cease from all your responsibilities, you cease from all your um, duties, you cease from all your work, and you have a day in your week that blesses you and sanctifies you. Now, what I said just then is actually pretty important. God meant for you to have this Sabbath day of rest to be a blessing to you. And guys, that's a concept that a lot of people in a lot of cultures have completely missed. Um, in a lot of religions, a lot of cultures, the idea of a day of Sabbath has become this harsh legalistic thing. Can't do that on the Sabbath, that's work. Can't do this on the Sabbath, that's work. And because of that, for a lot of folks, Sabbath has ceased to be a day of blessing. One of the first times I realized this was when I went to Israel. How many of y'all ever been to Israel in your life? A lot of you, okay, check this out. So they are very strict at observing the Sabbath. They take that do not do any work really seriously. But in the process of it, Sabbath has ceased to become a blessing. We're gonna see in a second that Jesus never intended it to be that way. I'll give you a couple of examples, two quick examples. The first one is on Shabbat, on Sabbath, they don't turn on or off any light switches. Did you know that? It's considered work. And so what they do is before the Sabbath, as the Sabbath's approaching, they set timers. You know, when it starts getting dark, timer will flip the light switch and it'll get light. You know, when it's dark and the next morning it's time to turn on the light, timer will turn on. The problem is sometimes the timer doesn't work. And so if the timer messes up and it's getting dark and it doesn't flip on the light switch, they'll just sit there in the dark because the Lord said, don't do any work. I don't think that's what God had in mind. There's one more intense than that that I, I experienced firsthand. Did you know that they consider, and if you don't believe me, go to Israel, you'll discover this. They believe that pushing an elevator button on the Sabbath is considered work. And so on the Sabbath, what they'll do is they turn off the button system on the elevators. And instead, let's say, uh, this actually happened to me. I was, uh, I was on a trip and I forgot my wallet and I was on the 14th floor. So I had to go up to the 14th floor and come back down. Now you got two options. You can take the stairs, which sounds like work to me, or you can take the elevator, but the problem with the elevator on the Shabbat is it stops on every single solitary floor. So it goes the first to second, opens up. Closes, go to the second floor, third floor. Right? To get to the top, 14th floor and down took me 47 minutes. That was not a blessing to me. I've got ADD. By the end of it, I'm ready to pull my hair out. It's not what God had in mind. It was meant to be a day of blessing, right? And we know that for a fact because of what Jesus said. The Pharisees were trying to trump Jesus. They were trying to stump him. They were trying to get him to mess up. So they'd come up to him and go, hey, 
What's lawful to do on the Sabbath? What's not lawful to do on the Sabbath? Because they're trying to get people to get mad at Jesus. And Jesus said something that blew the Pharisees' paradigm about Sabbath out of the water. Let me show it to you. It's in Mark 2, 27. Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And when he said that, it just blew the Pharisees' minds. Because what he just said is that God didn't create the Sabbath so that you could serve it, but God created the Sabbath so that it could serve you. God created and designed this day of Sabbath rest to be a day of blessing in your life. And he did it just for you. And that is really, really good news because how many of you in here could use a blessing right now? I know I could, crying out loud. God's saying, I've got a blessing for you. I wanna bless you. And we're just saying, God, no thanks because we don't live this out. And because of that, I think there's a lot of us in this room that are exhausted. We're exhausted. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, we're exhausted. And even, and even though we take time off, we, we take time off, but it's not a blessing to us because we're under this constant pressure to perform and, and deliver. And so our minds won't ever stop racing. We can't ever set down our work. And, and, and when we get to the end of our time off, we're no more refreshed and renewed than we were before we got into it. And because of that, our bodies and our minds and our souls are weary and we're starving for rest and replenishment. And so what do we do to fix the problem? We're tired, we're weary, we're depleted. So what do we do? Instead of going to this Sabbath day of rest like God told us to, we hop ourselves up on caffeine so we can keep going. I, I found something out this last week. This blew my mind. I read an article last week. What do you think was the top performing, fastest growing stock in the United States stock market over the last two decades? What do you think it was? Don't shout it out. Top performing, fastest growing stock in the last 20 years in the stock market. You think it was Google? Amazon? Maybe Apple. It was Monster Energy Drinks. Go look it up. Fastest growing, top performing stock in the last two decades was Monster Energy Drinks. It's a multi-billion dollar a year industry. And so we prop ourselves up with caffeine and stimulus and all this stuff and we're depleted. And instead of turning to the Lord and doing what he said to do, we run to things like Netflix we run to things like alcohol and we run to things like pornography and we run to social media to try to give us some sense of rest. But the problem with that is we end up being more weary than we were before we did that stupid stuff. But a long time ago, God created, he designed and he modeled this incredible gift called the Sabbath. And he did it to be a blessing to replenish us physically and spiritually. And as it turns out, God knows what he's doing. I know that's crazy, but he knows what he's doing. So rest of the sermon here, I'm gonna give you three things that Sabbath rest is gonna do for you. We're gonna go through them quickly, we'll be done. 
Three things Sabbath rest is gonna do for you. Go through them when we be done. Here's number one. God gave us the blessing of Sabbath to renew us and restore us physically. Very simple. He wants us to be renewed and restored physically. In Exodus 20, 10, he said, but seventh day, it's a day of Sabbath, the Lord your God, and in it you shall not do any work. Now listen, a lot of people, when they hear Sabbath, they think, well, man, that's lazy. That's actually not true. God said, I want you to work for six days. And I want you to work hard. As a matter of fact, we're supposed to work really hard. Scripture says we're supposed to work like we're working for the Lord. As a Christian, we're supposed to be known as the hardest working people out there. Okay, so we're supposed to work for six days like we're working for the Lord. But then God wants us to take a time where we cease from that work and we allow him to renew us and restore us physically, physically, where we don't do any work. Now, this day of Sabbath is gonna look different for all of us. It doesn't necessarily have to be on Sunday. You know why? Because some people work on Sundays. You're looking at one of them right now. I work hard on Sunday pretty much any day of the week. This ain't easy, right? It's gonna look different for all of us, okay? Um, for stay-at-home moms, it, it, it may not, you may not be able to get 24 hours where you just unplug from your work. You might have to take a half a day here and a half a day there. Dad, you might need to step into the picture and help her do that. But it's a time where you lay down the laundry that you put the shopping off for another day and you have that day where the Lord can just breathe into your body physically. College students, high school students, as I study the text, I'm convinced this means there's a day in your week where you do not study. You stop, and, and, and the college kids are like, amen, I, I receive that. <laughs> it's a day where you stop trying to achieve and strive. And I'm gonna tell you in a minute why I say that, why that's important for, for folks that own businesses here. This is a day where you cease from your duties. You cease from your responsibilities and you trust the Lord with that time, which I'll talk about in a minute. My pastor friend, J.R. Vassar, put it this way. He said, Sabbath is a day where you resist achieving. Sabbath is a day where you resist achieving and you simply enjoy being a child of God. Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now. You're thinking, okay, Matt, does this mean that I just have a day where I do nothing, where I sit around and I do absolutely nothing? And that's a that's a struggle for y'all because for some of you, the idea of you stopping and backing away from your work would be as difficult as me stopping and backing away from a Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit. Like it is hard to do. And so listen, check this out. This is, this is key here. The point of the Sabbath is not to have a day of complete inactivity, but the point of the Sabbath is a day where you stop all your required activities, you stop your normal achieving and striving, and then you intentionally engage in those activities that renew you and restore you physically and spiritually, okay? Now, for some of you in the room, that might mean that on your day of Sabbath, you mow the yard. You're like, wait a minute, man, I thought that's work. Well, what do you do for the other six days? You use your brain. Maybe you got a white collar job. Use your brain all six days. And so the idea of you just unplugging your brain and mowing the yard is like the best way you could imagine spending your time. Now for me, it's not, I hate mowing the yard. I remember, this is a true story, not preacher speak here. I remember the day I was 11 years old and my dad said, son, meet me outside. And I went outside 
and he rolls out the push lawnmower and he put a, a, a gas can in my hand and he said, this is now your responsibility and, and you can give it back to me on the day you go to college. And so from that moment, for the rest of my time, until I graduated, went to college, that was my job, mowing the yard and I hate mowing the yard. You know how I mow the yard now? I pull out my checkbook <laughs> and I write a check in the name of Jesus to whoever mows my yard, okay? Now, but for some of you weird people, it's cathartic. Like you get out there, you can turn your brain off, you sweat, you unplug. It replenishes you, even though you're doing work. And so I want you to think about that. What would it look like for you to have a day where you only engage, not in your everyday work, but a day that you just did activities that restored you physically? For me, um, here's few things I do to restore myself physically on my Sabbath day. One, I sleep late. That's like the one day I sleep late. I usually get up really early during the course of the week, mostly four o'clock. It's because I like to get up to the office and work on my sermon because by about 8.30, people are bugging me and so I need quiet. And so I'm usually getting up early on my day off, which is Monday, by the way. Monday, I try to sleep late. I get up, get a cup of coffee, get in the word, which I'll talk about in a second. And then um, after that, I try to do a few things that I know for a fact replenish my, my physical body. I exercise, um, I do that. Jennifer and I typically go on a date. Um, that's, that's more of an emotional connection thing with her, but that's our date day. During the fall, I go hunting and fishing and stuff like that. Monday nights are our family nights, non-negotiable. Monday night, you're home, you're with us, we're hanging out, we're connecting as a family. But the point is that I'm not just laying around doing nothing, but every single thing that I do is very intentional. It's those things that restore me and renew me physically. Now, here's what I don't do. Or I try not to anyway. I try not to think about my sermon. I try not to think about you. I try not to worry about stuff in the church, but I just do those things that allow the Lord to breathe life into my body. Here's point number two. Second thing the Sabbath does, super easy. God gave us the blessing of the Sabbath to renew us and restore us spiritually, all right? Look at Exodus 20, verse eight real quick. God said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, right? God said, hey, I want you to remember that not only is this a day of blessing to you, but I want you to keep it holy. It's also not a day of blessing, it's a day of sanctification. And so what does that mean for us to have a Sabbath day and we keep it holy? Here's what I think it means. I think it means to have an entire day that you use to connect with God. It's not like you're having an all day quiet time, but it's a, an intentional day where you're not just throwing 30 minutes or three or four or five, 15 minutes at God in a quiet time, but you have an entire day where part of the heart of it is I wanna reconnect my heart to the living God. Because guys, as you work, it's so easy to get disconnected from God. And here's why this is so important. Because it is entirely possible for you to get done with the Sabbath day and for you to have a Sabbath rested body, but not have a Sabbath rested heart. It's entirely possible for you to get done with the day and have a Sabbath replenished body, but not have a Sabbath replenished soul. And God wants to do both. I, I checked this out, I found this out this week in one of my commentaries. 
As you know, in the Chinese language, they don't have letters, they have symbols, and the symbols mean different things. You know what the Chinese symbol for busyness is? Chinese symbol for business, they took two symbols and they combined it into one symbol and it means business. You know what the two symbols that they combined together for business? It's heart and kill. Heart and kill. That's, that's Chinese, got the word busyness. The point is that busyness kills our hearts and it numbs our soul. And what a lot of us are doing, guys, everybody listen. We're taking days off but we're filling it with busyness that doesn't recalibrate and recenter our hearts back to the Lord. We're taking days off, but we're filling it with busyness, things that actually numb our soul to God, like media, television, Netflix, social media. We're addicted to that stuff. Our cell phones, think about it. Now I know nobody in this room would ever do this, but like, you know what I do most often? When I wake up in the morning, you know what the first thing I found myself doing is I pick up my phone. How dumb is that? I don't hit my feet, don't hit the floor and be like, Lord God, I just pray that today you would use me for your glory. The first thing I do is I grab that stupid thing. How many of y'all do that? I just confessed it. Anybody else? A lot of us. When the plane lands, what's the first thing we do? We grab our phone and we look at it. On the, on the weekends, we run a Netflix, we run a social media, we're addicted to it. I guarantee you right now, Sunday is a lot of y'all's Sabbath day and I bet you anything, there are a lot of you right now as you're sitting on the Lord of God, you've already looked at your cell phone during, during the time I'm preaching, right? I see a guy up on the top row right now, Pete shirt. He's doing it right now. Oh, he just put it up. There, I call him out. I've always wanted to do that. Y'all saw it. Now listen, looking at your cell phone on the Sabbath is not a sin. It's not. But the idea is that you have a day where you detach yourself from what consumes you and you connect with God in such a way that he breathes life into your soul. Here's what I do. Try again, try to sleep late on Monday. I get up, I'm usually tired, like all tired, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Um, from Sunday, and I make a cup of coffee and I go get somewhere quiet. I get alone. I grab my Bible. And the first thing I usually do is I just listen to worship music. I found for me that worship music really just, it connects me emotionally to the Lord. And once I sense his presence and I'm, I'm, the distractions have stopped and I open up my Bible and I just let the Lord speak to me and I stay there for a while until I just sense that my heart has reconnected with God. Okay, now, Last point, and we'll be done. And this is the big one. This is the one that most of us struggle with the most, and it might be something that you've never thought about before, but it's very biblical, last point. Number three, God gave us the blessing of Sabbath to teach us to trust in him. Did you know that? God designed a day of Sabbath where you cease from all your work and all your toil and all your striving and achieving so that we would have a day that we trust in him. And that is so difficult for me to do. I know it's difficult for a lot of y'all to do. We have too high a view of ourselves. We think we're too important. 
And the reason that we have such a hard time putting our phones down and have such a hard time turning the radio off and, 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 and walking away for our work is we are convinced, we've convinced ourselves that if we're not there in our business, in our job, whatever, making it happen, that everything's gonna fall apart. Everything's gonna fall apart. This last week, I heard that very thing. I was talking to this guy, he said, Matt, I never take a day off, ever, ever, ever. I asked him why. He said, I own a small business and my small business will fall apart unless I'm there. And listen, I want you to understand something. I get it. I planted a church before. But what, what's really interesting is that God actually addresses that very thing. He knew we were gonna say that. He knew we were gonna think we were more important than we are. And he addresses it. The Lord talks about Sabbath in two places, two primary places. He talks about it in Exodus. And in Exodus, he just kind of lays it out. And he says, hey, once you have a day called Sabbath, keep it holy, don't do any work. Now listen, in Deuteronomy, he uses the same language. He says, honor the Sabbath, keep it holy, um, don't do any work. But then in Deuteronomy, he adds one sentence. It's not in Exodus. He adds one sentence. Here's the sentence that God adds. Deuteronomy 5, 15. After he said, on the Sabbath, keep it hold, don't do any work, in 15, he says this. He says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath. What's going on here? God says, I want you to honor the Sabbath. I want you to keep it holy. Everybody look at me. I want you to cease from your work. And then he says, there's one more thing I want you to do. He said, during that day where you cease from all your work, I want you to remember that it was me that got you out of slavery in Egypt. He said, I want you to remember that it was me when you were helpless that I outstretched my mighty arm and I delivered you. His whole point is there ought to be a day in your life called the Sabbath where you remember that any and every victory that comes in your life comes because not of your power, but the power of Almighty God in your life. He wants you to have a day where you release, you release the results of your work to God. He doesn't want you to just rest from your work. He wants you to release the results of your work. I struggle with that. I am the chief among sinners. I find myself worrying about next week's sermon. I worry about this at church and that at church. I'm almost done. Look at me. Every time I do that, you know what I'm saying to God? Every moment that I cannot get myself to stop striving and achieving, Every moment that I can't get myself to stop processing and worrying, what I'm saying to God is, God, I do not trust you with the results of my week. We're subtly saying, God, at the end of the day, I think I'm in control. And the reason we do that is because at the end of the day, we say all day that we think he's good and we say all day that we trust in him but why is it such a war to have a single day where we trust him with the results like he asked us to do? We need to learn to trust him. That's why he says this. 
That's why he says one of the primary reasons he wants us to do this, to have a single day of rest, you completely stop all your working and striving and achieving. It's to be a weekly reminder that if success comes in your business, if success comes in your education, if success comes in your life, at the end of the day, it was because of him and not because of you. So I'll end with this. I'll ask you a question. Are y'all tired? I know that I am. Are you weary? Are you spiritually dry? A lot of us are. It's been a long time since you've really felt like you were completely at peace. Well, if that's you today, I got good news for you. God created and he's offering you a solution to the problem. It's called Sabbath. And so I want you to go home today, tomorrow, whenever you do it, but do it soon. And I want you to think about what it would look like for you to do this. You're gonna have to be intentional about it or I promise you, you won't do it. But I want you to go think about what does it look like for me to be intentional of having a day of Sabbath where I'm renewed and restored physically, spiritually, where I can trust in the Lord. So that, this is it, I'm done, listen. So that you can live your life not according to the chaotic rhythms of this world, but that you can live your life according to the wisdom that God laid out from the foundation of this world. And I promise you, if you will, he will bless it.